You are now listening to Out of the Blank. Welcome back to another episode of Out of the Blank. I'm here with Anthony. It's nice to have you back again. Short hair, living in Florida. Big changes have happened. Yes, sir. Yeah, thank you for having me back on. Always a pleasure to see you, Robbie. I'm wondering, what is your definition of philosophy or philosophical? Hmm. Um, hmm. Well, there's a lot of different ways you could probably slice that pie, I feel like. But in the long run, I guess it's just having the... Um, uh, an inquisitive mindset towards, um, you know, the, a, a word that comes to me, it's not exclusive to all philosophy, but it describes a lot of the philosophical mindset would be like ontological, mm-hmm. you know, like the, the root origin of where things as we know them come from. Um, um, Does the word seem like it fits what it's supposed to do? Because when I hear that word, for some reason, it just seems very pretentious to me, where I'm like, I think it's a little bit deeper than that on some terms. But like, I don't consider like, see, because the idea of philosophy is like kind of like these life understandings or these deeper meanings to things and kind of like, like when you start to look into metaphysics, for instance, it's questioning a lot more it's looking deeper into kind of like unwritten rules or unwritten understandings kind of like life's journeys in a way that's kind of unspoken and i feel like that's just basic stuff that people should be learning anyway like when someone says i have a master's degree in philosophy i'm like what the you have a master's degree on life i'm pretty sure i could i know a couple naked hippies that have that same master's degree in life (laughs) but that's the word that goes into your head and it's kind of like when someone says a master's degree in philosophy, it's not really like an academia sense considered a giant standard compared to when you get like another degree, a master's in science or a master's in this. But I'm like, I think it teaches something important, which is like where my idea of class lessons on life need to be taught in schools and not life like paying your bills, but more of a life of showing the beauty that's in it to where you can truly understand and kind of soak in the beauty that it has. Because a lot of the times in the world, you neglect those basic features and functions. I mean, if I would have told you what's better to be successful or what's better to be healthy, is it just eating right? Is it just working out? Or is it being all right mentally? Because that seems to be the biggest like hindrance in a lot of people's lives is being okay mentally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would completely agree with everything you just said. Um, As like, one side of the coin in philosophy. Um, And then on the other side, I would also say um, that there is on top of just uh, like ways to live your life, because that is a huge quintessential part of it. But um, they're also in the, um, you maybe call the, I was gonna say the outer limits, but honestly, it's kind of the bread and butter, at least initially um, as philosophies branched out further, but you have, the really technical stuff um, that like to, to this days will still <clears throat> will cause any diligent reader to read it 
two or three times like Kant always comes to mind um Nietzsche it's been a while since I've brushed up on my uh my old school philosophers but there was a time you know these days I've been a lot down the uh Fortean rabbit holes with neuroscience and things but you know there was a time um um that studying the like you know I'd get the different paperbacks with a bunch of different philosophers essays and stuff like that and uh yeah a lot of like I guess you could, there's like three camps uh generally speaking there's um just sometimes it just seems pretentious and like it's basic kind of almost common sense and they're just like over philosophizing and then um and then sometimes it uh it seems like I don't know, there might just be two, but um, in any case, uh, the, the, the last one at the very least, they're definitely, they're getting on like some extremely technical levels uh, that have to do with things like perception and, you know, the difference between quantity and quality, um, which seems like a basic idea, but the more you stretch that out, the more it, um, you start to really start to grasp at straws for control methods like what is quality in the long run it's a it really is a whole rabbit hole i didn't mean to hit you with a deep topic first thing right in the morning uh but <laughs> i i started to look at it more because i think recently i've kind of understood and i've always kind of known you can't know everything in the world but then when i started to hear especially looking back at so many episodes that i've had that the perspectives that you can really get where it's like it's kind of like when you read an article and you're trying to find an answer and it might be a clickbait article for an opinion that you like or opinion that you want or maybe something you might find factual. It's hard to see the truth in it, though, because then they end up like saying some words where you're like, what the, are you just saying? It's a what? Like, you know, you're, you're still questioning it afterwards. And I think mm -hmm. with hearing so many perspectives, I started to understand that I'm never going to be able to understand even a sliver of information compared to what's out there in the world. And I think that either leaves you striving for more or it makes you go fucking mad. And I think I'm falling in the second category of making it go mad because talking with UFO people then talking with Egyptologists and kind of diving down the psychedelic rabbit hole with a couple of friends, I'm starting to understand more now that like everyone has this reality that's built into their head and then their perception is all in basis of that reality. And I think the reality or what is conclusive to the truth, even me shoving large words in a fucking sentence, it makes it sound good. But what does it mean? I'm over here like ripping my hair out, like going Kramer through my hair. Like what the fuck? Because <laughs> I have no clue where this idea of life okay life is what you make it okay then someone else says life is just being happy okay life is about money okay life is about bitches okay you're all not wrong you all have your own definitions and i'm looking at it a little bit more deeper between what is the definition to you of certain terms to be able to understand the process of how your brain thinks of things that might end up being something that my brain finds appealing that i could end up attaching to you understand what i'm saying like flow of information yeah. type thing okay Oh yeah, absolutely. And stuff that I think about all the time, I feel like, especially like why are, are people gravitated towards certain things as opposed to others? Um, because there is a certain amount of free will. Um, you know, we've talked about that a little bit, I believe. And, um, 
but I will say that there is, it's like an ebb and flow of like your, your ability to uh, utilize your free will um, through the waves of determinism coming at you and environmental influence and genetics and all these other things. But um, um, yeah, you know, uh, it's like the stuff you're talking about, um, trying to trying to categorize and all these things I can highly relate. And um, the Eastern philosophies, uh, speaking of philosophies have, uh, have always like spoken the most to me in um, mindsets like that. You know, just it, it always reminds me of the, um, I'm sure they have like a term for it and I should probably go find the term, but I don't know, but it's the, it's a Buddhist mindset that um, the more you like acquiesce and categorize something, which is the basic foundation of knowledge, you have to do that in order to, you know, it's like a fact right there, um, creating a fact in, mentally in your brain. But whenever you do that, you're automatically like systemically like uprooting something or tearing it from the whole and you know you're you're taking a piece of the jigsaw out so that you can like scrutinize it more so even though you're getting like a closer look at a piece you know you're you you, it's important to know that when you get like a fact or a piece of knowledge or whatever um you are in a way um, maiming it a little bit it's not going to be completely it's always going to be uh, incomplete in some way and some people take it's not like uh, it's not like knowledge is um, or truth is subjective but more so like truth has a lot to do with vantage point you might say and but wouldn't the truth be only the reality that we all agree upon like we all believe that the truth is that killing is wrong but that's our reality, for instance, in some cultures, it might be a little bit different because I'm starting to notice like evolutionary wise, our bodies are not affected by our growth through life, basically, unless you get hit by a fucking car, then you're probably going to evolve a little bit differently than the rest. But when you look at our consciousness, a thought can change our evolution of consciousness, a movement can change an evolution of our consciousness, a idea or something can change that evolution of consciousness but our an idea is not going to fuck with our physical bodies our i guess communications or conversations would not mess with our physical forms these are all basis in genetics or these are all basis on uh developmental growth based on family or based on however whatever your bloodline is or your genetic code matches up for but that's the weirdest thing when you really start looking into it is that our a thought wouldn't change us our biology it's a different form which is when we start to get into the thought and the full like the full i'm trying to basically tackle the philosophy thing which is like the philosophy can evolve your philosophy your code of life your code of conduct whatever can evolve your behavior can evolve but your physical form is not affected by the things that you discover and the things that you research and dive into which i don't know if i and maybe i'm taking too much acid but that's a <laughs> fucking deep one right there man yeah yeah um and i will say that um you know you're right that there is um like a a general separation between i mean there uh there are different categories obviously mind and body uh but that being said there is there are those thresholds um where they intersect um and kind of like feed into feedback loop i guess you could say and um um epigenetics definitely has um um well i can't remember um 
who the scientist was there, but it's been a minute since I looked into it. But epigenetics is really fascinating because it has to do with the um, genetic expression, which can be changed um, by essentially things like your diet and habits and other environmental influences. But it's um, it's kind of like like a like a light bright board like you already have the light bright board there but through so you're not you're not going to change your genetic template at all but you can definitely potentially at least modify that light bright picture coming out and uh there's a lot of interesting science about that but um there's a middle path like with everything because um some people can new age it up a little bit and you know it is a science it's it's not full-blown magic but um i mean there yeah there's something to be said for um using i don't know um trying to catalyze certain um certain ways of living i guess whether that be mental or physical or a little bit of each there i I guess what i'm trying to say is like there is when you do one you will find a, a little bit of a ripple effect in the other but it's it's not always uh completely straightforward but it's interesting stuff. I I start to look a little bit more deeper because I mean, what do you what do you believe? I guess the creation of who we are or our evolutionary species. What do you think that evolved from? Like, where do you think? How, do you think we came from chimps? Do you think we came from space? Do you think we came from? I don't know. It's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm pretty open to it. I don't. I don't have, um, cause I know we came from somewhere, you know, <laughs> you, you can't get around that. Um, I think that, uh, the panspermia coming from space is pretty fascinating. Um, I think it seems like, I guess, gun to my head or like a big bet in Vegas, I'd probably say it seems like the vast majority of things at some point, uh, came from somewhere else and just kind of started to intermingle on earth, um, in a lot of ways. And, um, you know, whether that be us or not, it definitely is the case with a lot of different things on earth, uh, I feel like, and it probably has something to do with us. I mean, if not, I don't really see any, I don't have any qualms with us coming, um, like from this like traditional evolutionary model. Uh, but I also, I don't know, I think that there's probably like I don't discredit the the traditional like us evolving from primates, but it does. I do get the opinion or like just the gut feeling, not as a an evolutionary scientist, <laughs> um, but uh, it's I, I think it's a little more complicated than that. If anything, that's it, it seems like a lot of uh, far reaching um, theoretical science like that. Even though we have a lot of uh, data to back it up to show that uh, that's the right direction, I think that there's probably little more to it. I don't think we ever, you know, we're always talking about like trying to acquiesce knowledge and then uh, getting um, an incomplete picture. I feel like that's probably the case with evolution as well. Well, there's like kind of two realms of thought is there's the people that don't really want the change or don't really want to agree with a certain thing and want to hold on to something which kind of holds back the change. And then there's kind of the change that's inevitable happening just i think it might be slowing our rate of growth as a as a species i mean just recently they found that from 
what we thought is that people were like, I guess around the ice age was when like kind of the thing kind of started when we see this growth in people, but they're actually finding it, it actually, we're actually older than found the human species remains older than what we thought they were, which by 23,000 years before the ice age. So I'm starting to look at it. Like, I know there's people that re resist believing that there was anything before the creation of Jesus Christ. Like the, as soon as Jesus was born, our whole clock reset, you start seeing the years say AD afterwards instead of BC. Um, but I mean, there was a point in on earth when it was hit by an asteroid and there was only a few thousand people left that had to repopulate from there. So I'm looking at it. Like, do you think that this idea of reaching another class civilization, which is civilization two, which will be inhabiting another planet like the moon or like Mars, like we're seeing these space adventures kind of happen. The first civilian space rocket test mission that went up and then eventually we'll be able to colonize on our planet. Do you think we're going to get to that point or do you think it's going to be another reset? And this is just another timeline that we've eventually, this is probably the farthest timeline that's ever been made. Cause I'm starting to look at like maybe the creation of man. This isn't the first time this has been the first playthrough. Maybe there's been multiple playthroughs, but every single one has failed long before this area that we're in now. And this has just been the longest extension. Maybe that can explain aliens, but I, I don't know. I've heard so many stories with aliens now where I start contemplating this stuff of maybe the idea of maybe they're not passive. Maybe these abductee stories where people say, oh, I didn't feel like I was in danger, but maybe they were abducting you and that's being taken against your will. Is that not wrong? Or maybe in this reality that we have, it is wrong, right or wrong. I don't know. Yeah, a lot of good stuff there. Um, I'm doing too many drugs. <laughs> <laughs> that's good, man. You got to dive deep sometimes. Um, Hashtag now, dive but manual. Yeah, hell yeah, man. Uh, if you have it, go check out Dive Manual. Um, and okay, so the uh, the idea of um, abductions quickly made me uh, remember that uh, the day of recording this, uh, September twenty fourth. This is uh, Jacques Vallée's eighty second birthday. Okay. I know, but I have to I have to mention Jacques Vallée's birthday. <laughs> mess up the editing process. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> You can edit it out. It's fine. Um, um, but uh, what were you saying before that? Because you know aliens. That's going to grab my my point of focus. You were talking about, oh, the, the, um, the phases of um, the human species. You're right. Um, I think that, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of different good ideas out there and no one has the right idea. So where my brain kind of tends to gravitate is – I think that we've been doing a lot of playthroughs, you know, I think that we've gotten um, close-ish in different ways, uh, in different points. I don't think we've made it this far with shuttles and things, uh, but, you know, I think that, you know, at the very least, humans have had a, an extremely comprehensive, or at least a surprisingly comprehensive um, mapping of the, uh, of the galaxy and different things. Um, you know, um, even though astrology, even though it was called astrology uh, at the time, their astronomy was pretty damn sophisticated. So, but anyway, um, I, yeah, so I'm not sure because it, uh, to me, the question is not like, so you could say, will we survive long enough to make it into space? And that's one question, but the more interesting one to me is how long could we really survive in space because it seems that they're you know they talk about space madness and um um obviously that's not a thing with 
disciplined astronauts, um, but they also don't stay out there forever. And um, also, so let's just like go on like a like a Star Wars kind of um, mental thought experiment and like regular people out in space. I don't think I don't think our psyches could handle it because, again, like disciplined astronauts won't get space madness. But I don't think for a second that normal people wouldn't. I think that we would all I feel like I would start to lose my mind out there, even on a ship. Yeah. And then not to mention your body starts to deteriorate slowly and. Like, I'm not sure if we would if we have the proper technology to account for that kind of stuff. I don't know what I've, could survive in space. I've thought about this before, and I had a um, astrophysics friend or an astronomer friend say this to me. He said, well, your cells would adapt. And it's kind of like all these scientists or all these people that go up into these rockets and go up into outer space for the first time. Your cells are now completely different. It's kind of like when you smoke your first cigarette. You can never take back that you smoked a cigarette. You can never take back that you went into space. Your body has changed. Your body has changed since you smoked your first cigarette. You might not ever smoke cigarettes again, but your cells now know what that is. That's new information that's been leaked into them that was not there before. It's the same thing with space. It's not really the question of would we be able to handle it. It's about the generation that's born in the space to where they all they know is space. They wouldn't have any missing of Earth. It's kind of like when you see all these people that are like flying around and on these spaceship shows and they're all living in space for so long because some of them have never really even been to Earth. That's why a lot of these shows talk about like Earth. That's where we first started, but then we haven't been back there in thousands of years because it's just been destroyed or whatever because of the concept of these people don't know what that life is like they don't know what oxygen is unless it's the oxygen that's on their ship they don't know what trees look like they see pictures of earth and they're able to imagine it but it's kind of like how that myth of i don't even know if it's a myth but i guess al gore was the one that popularized it was polar bears they're all dying they're all on fire because of global warming and i'm like i'm pretty sure there's like a large amount of fucking polar bears out there but i think it's just an evolutional stage you know if we reach another class civilization that's just an evolutional stage you know it could end there and it could end on earth too so civilization one and two but the weird part about civilization one is is that if we get out of it civilization two as long as that keeps going we're never going to have to worry about resetting the progress of civilization one so building up from huts again our technology would already be advanced we already know how to make a bunch of things that civilization two would be already off on a good jumping point to get their civilization going but it's kind of like for the longest time we thought sharks needed a partner like a male and a female to make more sharks well the first shark ever recorded that's uh i guess mastered parthenogenesis which is a greek term for reproducing a female shark in an all-female shark tank had her first baby and no one understands how they think it just genetically modified itself or adapted or evolved or whatever to be able to reproduce without needing a male host which a lot of these species have the ability to not sharks but other types of animals are able to do and i'm looking at it like what's our next evolution evolutionary stage is there going to be an expansive thought where we don't really need our bodies anymore? I mean, people don't really use them a whole lot anyway. So I start to look at like, would we adapt to the fact that maybe the less and less we use it, the less we have a need for the organs that we use, you know, our appendix used to be used. Now, maybe what happens if we evolve past that to where we won't need our heart anymore? Maybe we won't need these certain key organs that we thought so essential now. I mean, Back in the day, you lived to be 20s, mid-20s, late-20s, early-30s, and you're dead. Now we're living to our 90s. What's the next stage? 
what generation is going to look back on us? Be like, they only got to live to be 90. What fucking losers. And they're living to be <laughs> 900. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm packing some heat on this episode. Yeah. You, you, I'm sure you've heard of this theory by now, but uh, like it kind of ties into the, the ultra terrestrial theory, the idea that uh, Jesus. humans have uh, made their way off of uh, the planet and started to adapt and, uh, physically and mentally, and they have basically just become grays. Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I'm not saying that that is something I completely subscribe to, but it is fun to think about. Um, I think it's a little too comic bookish to be literally true, but um, I definitely like the idea. Um, but you know, because you're right, it would. The big question is how would you know, where would the bell curve be in the future generations adapting to the their environment in space? And yeah, I mean, in all fairness, I'm sure it wouldn't wipe out everybody and it might not really wipe out anybody in the, the, the grand scheme. But I do rem, uh, remain skeptical about the fact because it seems like, especially the more you get into esoteric ideas, um, you know, whether you call it like comparative religion or occultism or, um, you know, the mystery traditions or whatever, but like they all have a lot of focus on, you know, they called it different things, but it was always a focus on the human consciousness's relationship to the earth's electromagnetic field, because that is the proxy between the Earth's electromagnetic field is the proxy between the human and the known, like the galaxy and thus the known cosmos. And that's where you got into astrology and even astro theology. And even though the people use these in like kind of fairly silly new age terms today, these are still, these are very old school, ancient um, modalities and like ways of um, living life and things. So um i uh well it's a lot like yeah, game theory for instance game theory is like the strongest to survive type thing that only the strong will survive you have to learn to adapt and evolve or you're going to end up being left behind your species going to die out that's the game theory there's also younger dryas theory that a lot of people subscribe to which a lot of people in science communities don't really appreciate being out there what's the real what's a th- isn't a theory just a realm of thought isn't this whole thing that we're living in technically a theory? I mean, the idea that we're able to breathe and function and move. Now, that's a thing that we all know is a construct and that's right in front of us and that is happening. But isn't that just a theory as well, too? Aren't all theories valid in an age of thought? I mean, if we're technically in one of our revolutionary times of man, for instance, even though I would consider a revolutionary time of man back when we were creating like big shit. Right now, we're just creating another fucking iPhone that looks exactly like the iPhone before and they just add another number onto it saying, oh, it's 13. What's the difference between 11 and 12? It's got a better camera. Who gives a fuck? I still can't take a picture of the moon. Um, but back when we're building ships and making voyages, you know, all the racial stuff aside, when you look at the dawn of creation, the Renaissance period, the golden age, all these types of, you know, major vast growths in humanity and now we're in one of these periods right now where we're going into space and we're making functional trips up there so i'm looking at it like would the expansive or adaptation start to turn into that you have to learn to live on a planet that is not the one you originally knew 
Yep. I'm and if we're um, infused with stardust, what our fucking thoughts change. Right, right. Uh what is the name of oh Jesus? I wasn't prepared to talk about this, so I'm it's probably not gonna come to me, but uh oh the Kardashev scale, you know, the type one civilization, type two, and type three. You've heard of that? Yeah. Yeah, where you harvest the energy of the star. Um that's where you're starting to make my brain go. And I'm not sure I, I find it fascinating, but I'm not sure if we will ever be able to make it to that point. I'm um I'm I'm a bit of a cynic sometimes. Not and not because I want things to fail, but because uh statistics, you know, it, it's really yeah, I mean all these things are freaking possible as far as I'm concerned. It's really just a matter of um um, I mean, if human beings are able to set aside some of the other or it, it, a clean house, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But um, um, well, what's your definition and, of clean house? We have to clarify on because cleaning house could be just going door to door and rounding up all the people that don't agree with what society agrees with and shooting them in the fucking street. So I don't want right. that to happen, but I would like a, a more of a congregation of thought. I think the whole point of having these people, and maybe it's the fact of like a lot of these people that have these different flows of thoughts are supposed to be meant in separate societies, or maybe there's just a type of influence that changes your drastic opinion. Maybe one day we'll get to a place where earth is filled with these people that think this way. And then Mars is the same species, but they've now learned to adapt and evolve differently. I mean, let's take it into this, the skeptic scale. How about that? Where we speculate on what the next 100 years or 50 years is going to be. What do you think the creation or this idea of evolution is going to end up leading to in, let's say, a couple more generations, five generations? What do you think we're going to be at? <sighs> Man, I don't The The flap of a, a butterfly wing could change everything. Like In five generations, we could all be speaking Russian now. I don't know. <laughs> I hope we're in fucking space at that point, like living up there. That'd be cool. Uh, yeah. See, I, 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 it would be great. And it's like I said, it's definitely possible. But I remain such a cynic about, um, uh, just like, hum, the human scale at large. Um, you know, and to answer your question about cleaning house, I think a like such a huge amount of it boils down to being okay with other people's differing opinions uh because that's gone out the window like not only are we not okay with other people's opinions um everyone has gotten on this like weird bandwagon of like proselytizing about their ideas and getting into camps like more than ever like tribalism to the upteenth degree now and everyone is just uh, there's no debate anymore. It's dog eat dog. And I mean, that's for sure going to be the death of us. Like that is, you know, I'm not trying to be an alarmist or anything. We're just shooting the shit here. But that truly, uh, people are always talking about your guns getting taken and stuff. Sure, those are parts of the slippery slope. But the the real downfall of your very culture is when you can't even agree to disagree. And I, I mean that very sincerely. So I don't really have... Um, um, and I'm, you know, there's every possibility that things will change. But like at the moment, at least in America, uh, as someone that really hasn't has taken like a huge um, has really tried like with emphasis to not go into any specific camps like political camps and things. 
Um, I'm kind of disgusted at like how willing people are to draw the line. And it's, I mean, it's not a good, it's not a good uh, sign for the culture. So like, if we can't even do stuff like this, then we're never going to make it into space. Well, the age of thought or the age of open conversation has kind of went out the window in some degrees. If they don't fit your group or fit your idea of what your reality is, then you could just cut them out of your life or you could just – there's family members that won't talk to family members anymore only on a concept of they disagree politically. I mean this is kind of where the downgrade of mental thought kind of comes in when you start having – I guess it's a protection aspect. Like for instance, like – when every country talks about America is just so entertaining to watch. It's like, what are we talking about? Like every country has their issues. You're only deflecting from your own to base it all onto America. So you can get your mind off of it. You know, there's these issues that every country, every person deals with mentally, but we can't even agree on those. We choose to deflect those and we choose to focus in on things that we can get mad at people about. It's not about showing weakness, which is an idea of what's weak. Isn't I thought weak was just not being strong. But weak is now never backing down from your opinion because you think you're right. That, in my opinion, weak is just thinking that you're right 100% of the time. I don't think anybody has the answer to anything. I think all ideas, and I'm starting to understand this more with the UFO community, is that there's a lot of people hesitant on talking to people about their experiences or talking about their thoughts on things. And the idea that they're going to be locked up in an insane asylum, which 50 years ago might have been a possibility. But you know, I think it's the factor of coming across someone that might be truly open-minded or just coming across someone. And I, I don't think I'm 100% open-minded. I think there's some things that I just won't change my opinion on, but I'm willing to understand a person's perspective to be able to do so. And I think that only comes from talking with so many people. I think that only comes from maybe a psychedelic experience that people talk about. You know, I think there's big changes that we're missing out on. And I think they're crucial steps in an evolutionary process. Maybe the answer to fucking jeopardy, the jeopardy of life is just everyone understanding that we can't fight. We might as well just uh, talk about these things. And then there's like a fucking doorway that opens up from the heavens. And this mystical Dr. Manhattan being comes down and goes, you fucking figured it out. Took you whatever, 50,000 years, but you finally got it that there you guys are all wrong. It's all this one giant conglomeration of thoughts. And you build up and morph these things into the realities that you create and you eventually live in. But you all can't even do that. You're all more than willing to tear down other people's realities to basis and save your own. It's like being on your own fucking island. If you ask somebody, would you just prefer to have your own island that nobody else lives on? They would love it for a week. Then they'll be fucking tired and upset that they can't talk to their friends or use social media or fucking take a picture of their dick and send it to somebody. That's what happens. Yeah. Um, it was a, the whole Dr. Manhattan and um, like culture being just this like forward moving amalgamation of things. That was a, a good point uh, because I mean, that's the that's the individual life, too. It's not like there's some specific you know people ask like well i wonder what the meaning of life is like i don't know why you would pick that question above all the others because there's a lot of interesting philosophical questions out there and the meaning of life is pretty obvious that it varies from person to person <laughs> like, you know, like it's it, that's i don't know it's a pretty boilerplate philosophical question um not that you brought it up like you actually you hit on some eloquent points there um and um, um, there was some things I was going to say. You brought up 
so much, but I like it. You're on a roll, man. <laughs> I just woke up from a nap, so I'm thinking deep right now. <laughs> That's great. Um, um, but yeah, um, we'll see. I don't understand where all the uh, the it, it it seemed like we were at least on the beginning. Uh, we were at least at the beginnings of kind of um, thinking outside the box of tribalism at least in some fronts. Uh, and it seems like we've really taken a huge backslide, uh, particularly in the West, because that's where most of my experience is and that's where I live, but I could see that for sure. And uh, yeah, um, it's definitely, you know, I don't, I don't understand what people think is going to happen with uh, this, this like ideal of some sort of monoculture, like you're saying, like living off on an island, like what happens when everyone does agree with each other? I don't want to live there. You know, I don't, <laughs> I don't understand who does. Um, that, Sadly, that sounds boring. I think it's the diminishing aspect of what our values are. Our values when someone chooses, and this is how a lot of people view things is when someone doesn't agree with you, it means they're discerning your value. And then you take that into account as of discerning who you are as a person and basically calling you stupid. Like even when I'm been called a conspiracy person about the fucking lab, that is now being the main idea that it did come from a lab, which I'm like, no shit, but I'm not gloating in people's fucking face about it. I'm not even, I don't, good, glad I'm right. Let's fucking go to the next thing. There's no fucking point in sitting there and running with your fucking trophy about shit. It doesn't make any sense. I don't even consider it a trophy. I consider it okay. Well, I had a thought and then it turned out to be right. Any period you look through life, I guarantee you that if you pinpoint any mass creator or mass person that changed a civilization or did some amazing innovations, there was a person beside them that they could bounce ideas off of where it's like, that's a good idea, but... Maybe we should work on a little bit more and fine tune it and then throw it back out there. And the next thing you know, you got these amazing creations that are invented. You have to bounce ideas off of other people. You can't solo every fucking thing in the universe. And that's what everyone wants to do because they're too afraid that what they have might be valuable and they can't share it or they can't let somebody fine tune it or mess with it because then it fucks with their value. And now you're saying that, okay, now I didn't even create this anymore. And I don't think that's the term anymore. I think the whole point of expression, the whole point of conversation is being able to enhance your own perspective by understanding somebody else's. But maybe I might be fucking nuts. Yeah. Bingo, bango, man. That's I'm it. Nuts? The nail oh. on the head. No, <laughs> both. <laughs> we're both nuts. <laughs> but no, there's some good stuff here. And, you know, to be honest, uh, not that I haven't been, but like to be perfectly candid, um, I will, I tend to, if not trust, I tend to be a, more comfortable with someone who gives me an opinion and then, and then follows it up immediately, immediately with uh, what the fuck do I know, you know, as opposed to someone who is just constantly like proselytizing, just like trying to win me over, like, like, just come to church, just come to church, yeah. just believe in this conspiracy theory, please, you know, and, um, um, or believe in this government clearly blatant propaganda please and just go away stop proselytizing to me um hey, don't bring don't the lab into this <laughs> no 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 nothing like that but um um uh the point uh you know to that end people like with you know what i'm saying like proselytizing or being just like in your face about it and not being willing to admit that there are other viewpoints is that really is the 
uh, like the dictator cult leader mindset. Um, I've done a lot more research into cult leaders more so than, um, than like extensively deep dives on um, like political leaders because um, I mean, everyone knows about Stalin and Mao and Hitler, and we know what types of psychopaths they were. But I mean, like cult leaders specifically interesting because this weird microcosmic thing, I talk about it a little bit in my upcoming book, Hunt Manual, um, but it talks about a lot of different stuff in that. Um, the main uh, tie-in all being like the shadow complex and like the dark unexplainable and stuff, but cult leaders you know um you're talking about someone these... who's talked to scientologists and every single cult like ex-jehovah's witness and all those things too so you look at scientology they base everything off the government like a lot of their stuff is old government style techniques of manipulation it's nothing fucking new but it's creepy how they look at and they make like they'll um mike rinder's daughter uh ex-scientologist tried to send me her profile and have like, see, you don't even know the true story. You're being manipulated by a master convincer, like considering that Mike Render, the person that was jumped by Scientologists and been rigged through the mud and was on Lee, him and Leah Remney have a podcast together and they fucking talk about all that horrible shit the Scientology does, but it's about brainwashing because these people get to a point where it's like if me and you join Scientology, we could hang out with Tom fucking Cruise. There'd be people that we wouldn't ever think in our everyday lives you could ever hang out with but scientology opens up that doorway because now you're all under the same branch of scientology nobody is higher level than anybody unless you're in the actual levels they have like sector c whatever the fuck it is and it's different categories but it's these manipulational tactics of making you more of a we but in one horrible hive mindset mm -hmm. yeah and and the uh these these cult leaders they never um, it, it's like a spell they have to maintain, uh, truly, uh, because they can't ever admit that they're wrong because, you know, you might say that that could, if, if a cult leader just would do that a little more often, it, they might be able to like use it in their manipulation tactics and, you know, maybe, maybe on small levels, but if we're talking about, you know, the projected, the long-term a spell that uh, like a cult leader or again, even like a dictator for that matter has to maintain, um, you know, to keep like the masses on their side, you really can't admit that you're wrong, you know, and because you, like, well, who wants, especially to be wrong? with what, who wants to be wrong when feeling right is so goddamn good. Right. Right. And, and then it's, it's of course the slippery slope. If you're willing to, um, on a human level, admitting that you're wrong might make you uh, more relatable and vulnerable on a genuine level to your peers. But uh, if you're in a position of leadership, uh, like a cult leader, then that is a slippery slope to open up people to question you. And that's the end of the illusion right there. So the logic follows like someone is simply as willing to just say, well, at, at the end of their spiel, like, what the fuck do I know? Uh, and be genuine about it. Um, probably um a bit more of a safer bet than the person that is completely adamant like i never fully trust the person that is completely adamant uh, you could be like really impassioned and you could feel convinced you know i'm not saying don't feel convinced but you got to keep that small shadow of a doubt to to maintain any credibility really people forget that i think do you think that the fact that power do you think power is more corrupting or do you think the shadow of a doubt is more c 
consuming? Um, I think, well, those are like both extremes on the opposite sides of the coin and they're both can be pretty rough, but I think that you're better off dealing with the, with the shadow of a doubt. Um, you know, where my brain is at personally, uh, in term that, well, not personally somewhat like my mindset with things lately is, um, you know, I think, I wonder, I could be wrong about this, but I wonder if at a certain point, you know, I'm not on like a, like a communist or even socialist level. Uh, but like, if I'm talking like billions, like Bezos level, like at least as example, like your brain has got to change at that level, right? You're still a human being biologically, but you are like a weird different subsection of human because you start to, you start to truly with that kind of money, you reach a threshold where it doesn't matter like what kind of morals and ethics you were raised with. Your brain is going to change because you have so much, you have everything. It's limitless at your fingertips. You're a material God. And I don't, I, I really, really, truly doubt whether or not any type of human being can maintain like a semblance of what we know as just you and me, average Joe, relatable human being. I really don't think so. And I think it like warps you and messes with your head. And I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if anyone can be um, like, quote unquote, good uh, with that kind of money. And um, uh, so I think that um, leadership might be, you know, it kind of goes back to Plato's uh, premise in or one of his premises in the Republic, like those um, that do not want to rule are the most fit. And I think that that, that is like a strange and unfortunate, but true paradox about the world as we know it. Um, so I think it's probably best to have the shadow of a doubt because once you get used to it, it can be very useful. And, uh, and, and I think leadership just, um, you know, there's something to be said for leadership when you get put in the position and you roll with it, like circumstance, people are relying on you or then you're the leader uh, for however long that situation plays out. And then when you're done, you're done, you know, like that, that natural leadership, that's what it's about. But when you start looking at it in terms of um, uh, just the dominance game, uh, it starts to, it starts to be very little benefit for the people around you, it seems. What do you think scarier about trying to understand a perspective or maybe change your perception on things? Do you think it's the fact that it's like coming to grips with the mortality of the thought that you have? Or do you think it's coming to the grips of the fact that it might change? Hmm. I guess both because, because all because thoughts I, I die, right? Every thought dies. You know, you're you're not thinking the same exact you might think along the same basis, but usually if you're growing properly your thoughts will eventually change but you're also confronting the mortality that the thought that you have right now the thought that we have right now a year from now is going to change which in terms is going to die but is it scarier that our thoughts are going to change or is it just something we don't know so we're we're unwilling or unentertained by trying to discover something new because what we've built up in our head this thought is now so powerful that it seems like the absolute truth where a year from now we could be looking back like we knew nothing yeah i think people really define a lot of their personality on their their 
thoughts, quote unquote, you know, the basic boilerplate stuff, like, what do I think about this? And what do I think about that? And et cetera. And, um, you know, sure, those are accumulative aspects of your personality, but that really isn't what defines you. Um, or it shouldn't be because those are so like elusive, illusory and transitory, like you're talking about. Um, and there are much deeper mainstays in the human condition that you would uh, be more accurate with defining yourself with. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I think that's a real, that's a real issue that people have is um, assuming that like, I don't know, I don't fully know how people get here. Because personally, for all my pitfalls, and you know, I've got plenty, but I've never really, I've always been um, I guess, you know, cause in some way I've always been a storyteller. So I've always been open to other people's uh, viewpoints. Even if I didn't believe them, I was always interested in hearing what they had to say. Uh, cause if nothing else, it might be entertaining, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and then you, even if it was just entertainment, you'd always like have some sort of takeaway and yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, people like, you know, again, I, I don't know what people want with this monoculture type stuff. It's not going to be good if they get it. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm tossing some heat, but I think I'm running out of steam at this point. I got my thought now. Do you think that maybe possibly that all this mishap or confusion is the fact that we're still confused of what our origins are from? Yes. Yeah. Um, people have like a, an intrinsic need, I guess it's an adaptation to, you know, view their existence as like a storybook. So people are always looking for maybe not necessarily the whole answer, but context at the beginning and end. And when they don't have that, I think it drives them crazy. Uh, very literally and sometimes but I think that in the same way that we just can't have a monoculture and we can't all agree uh, like by definition it's like one of the rules of existence um, I think that uh, we also will not ever have the context for the beginning and end and you know if you're worried about agreeing with everyone or having those contexts, it all boils down to context, really. If you're worried about not having the context, then um, you've already lost. Like you've, you've been screwing up hard for a while. And it's not to say that it's all useless, you know, because um, um, we're always learning and adapting, but like it's it, it really goes down to the Buddhist middle path. Like you got to understand that uh, trying to, um, trying to understand everything is not the point. That's not the point. Um, you, you know, that's the whole story of uh, Faust uh, summoning the the devil so that uh, he had limitless power. You know, it was um, he wanted that kind of limitless power because he felt robbed by he felt existentially robbed by his pursuit of knowledge and the sciences because for all his knowledge. Um, it gave him no context. It just gave him more bricks to stack. Um, and so in the end, he wanted to catch up. And so he summoned a devil and uh, nearly went to hell.
So (laughs) there's something to be said for that. You know, Um, people say that like, you can't be a good person, quote unquote, without religion. That's like a trope. And I don't think that that is true, but I think it's definitely something to be said for the fact that uh, people have uh, oftentimes a much better go of it dealing with the uncertain when they're spiritual it's interesting how people always want to know the ending but then they never want to get there you know what i mean because the ending is essentially death but if we're all dying slowly every single day how come we don't realize it how come we don't feel it but we feel the pain of the mental exhaustion that we deal on a daily basis depending on how difficult our day is we feel the changes in the air we feel the changes in things that we choose to focus in on and we've just neglected the fact that we are slowly dying what about the perceptional change that can just make a person not freak out about bills that are they're worried about 24 7 or maybe the fact of when their next job or whenever their life is going to finally take off that seems to dread on them every single day to where they have this existential crisis and this isn't the first time this has ever happened with people this has always been a thing but i feel like this is the one time where we have the puzzle pieces but we don't know what fucking picture it is i think that's kind of the important part about that because if you really look at that of what i just said is that we have the puzzle pieces but we don't know the bigger fucking picture that seems scary to a lot of people, but maybe it's a fact of you can turn it in a way where now you can form the picture into whatever you want it to be because you have the pieces to do so. See how that quote just randomly popped into my head. Next thing you know, I can change it from this pessimistic thing to now sound optimistic. It's the subtle words that we use. I mean, if Spotify can put up a, a article about the words that you should use to help attract more listeners because you might be by saying me or I, you're technically saying that it's just about you and not saying we, which is a random way to get, I guess, trending is by saying more we words. Um, but if they can put an article up like that, then where's the fucking blueprint to the basic model of what life's characteristics should be, or maybe the societal flow that we are all enduring at the same exact time? Your life might be different than mine. 100% our experiences might be different, but we've all grown up in kind of the same environment around us. That is the basic template to how a lot of people live. You need a job, right? You get a job. You need a job to pay bills, right? So you can have your own shit right? Everyone has that. Everyone agrees upon that. Then why is everything so uniquely individually different? And why is it a concept that we still have to tear down other people's realities to fit our own? Yeah, I don't know. I, I Thank really you. don't That's know. That's all I wanted it's, is an I don't yeah, know. It's, it's, it's really, uh, it's, you know, in, in a way, that's why I like um, some of the unexplainable stuff, the 14 and etc because you know we don't have we're never gonna have like the full answers to them so it in a way the pressure is almost off i think it is really useful and like you know it's a different tangent but um the the whole existentialist point of view um it doesn't you know it's like the revolution of the self before anything else that's kind of what i believe in and uh um but, you know, with things like um, the, the, all these political sentiments, it, it gets so divisive. Um, it, uh, I mean, there's a lot of weight on it, obviously. I understand that things need to be talked about. But, yeah, again, it's like 
people we we need to talk about them (laughs) people uh they have this um real sanitized view of the world uh that they want and yeah i uh it's it, it it baffles me and it's made me you know for all like the cynicism i have i've definitely been a little shocked lately um you know because i expect people to be divisive and divided but i didn't expect people to be at each other's throats so much with the recent politics like people really are each, at each other's throats and it uh it, it there's going to be a lot of people um with their tail between their legs before long you know uh people are going to be coming down and realizing that um they sacrificed a lot like friends and family maybe even a job for a political ideology that um one way or the other you know there's extremes on both sides that are going to suffer just as much um of 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 the polarizing issues at large not just one but um yeah you know i don't i don't envy the people that you know six months a year from now when they're down from this fever dream of of uh, zealotry and proselytization about government propaganda or conspiracies they're they're gonna be like oh you know, I don't know what I was doing. I don't know why I was such an ass to everybody I knew and thought that like, it's like a weird Messiah complex that everyone's on. Everyone's on their own personal Messiah complex. And like, look, I'm not perfect. You know, I can be a shithead in many ways. But one thing that I am not is um, always like asserting myself over other people. I do podcasting and I write, but uh, you know, just again, it's like, it's part of the reason that I am interested so much in like philosophy and psychology and the unexplainable is because um, like none of us have the full picture. So we're all kind of trying to go in a direction and like find control methods to create a more concrete perspective on things. Cause it's still not fleshed out, but everyone in the political realm, everyone is right. And everyone else is wrong. It's and sports everyone's Sports yeah. went away, and then after that year lull where there was no sports, people had to invest their time into something, and they hooked onto fucking politics. Now politics has fucking consumed everything. There used to be a couple of people that you knew of that were fucking political people all the way where they would just rant in random places about it. Now that's become everyone, but I think it's because the narrative has switched from growing of a society to more of a problematic society because I think it's all a factor of the media and everything that we see 24-7 is now playing every single side to where they're twisting around the narratives where you can't even find out what the fucking thing is anymore. I mean, when you look at CNN and Fox, they're necessarily running the same exact thing just in different narratives at the same exact times they change over. It's always this random shit. And I think this is an idea of it's great for business but it's terrible for human growth. And when it comes to the personal accountability that people really don't hold themselves liable for, I think these businesses should understand that even though you're making more money with the amount of views and the attention that you get, you're not giving an established thought. You're twisting a narrative and a perception that's messing with people's realities, which in turn might be good for money now, but it's going to fuck up generations of the future. And that's really what we need to look for. I mean, if we don't stand up today, then future generations are going to be born into a society that's already enslaved in a way yeah you know i really hadn't thought about um the the sports angle yet but you're totally right 
man. Cause I mean, the whole rah, rah, rah of politics and the rah, rah, rah of sports, they go hand in hand. And one is definitely helping people compensate for the other. Um, even though sports are back now, I think that some of, uh, some of that, some of that, uh, forward motion probably can't be undone. Some people will peter out, but there's, uh, we've opened up the, uh, we've, uh, you know, the genie's out of the bottle a little bit and, well, you yeah, opened up the really door are. for people to dive into a topic that has just fucked with their lives for almost two years now. I mean, this whole political thing has fucked up and threw a monkey wrench into everybody's system or routines or this display of life that has been taken away from them where they want to discover and look closely more now, which is actually a good thing that they're more caring about the lives that they're in. But now it's become so divisive where there's sides. There's a vaccine and unvaxxed side. It's a weird fucking world when I say that someone has died. And they go like when Norm McDonald died, holy shit. You know how many people it said life threatening illness Norm McDonald has passed away from. You know how many people were like, COVID? COVID? Was he vaxxed? Was he unvaxxed? I'm like, what do you give a fuck? Wow. Someone's yeah. dead. Yeah, good lord. Yeah, that's sick. That's mental illness right there in the form of neurosis. Um and well, yeah, people just want to know McDonald. if the blueprint they've taken is necessarily the right one if they've taken the vaccine blueprint or if they've taken the unvaxxed route is it their side that's suffering is it their side that's on the news today getting shit or is it the one are they are they the one that are above the other one where they can rub it in another person's face it's all about teams yeah yeah um yeah i you know th things uh usually always tend to level out a little bit but um you know i'll say this you know covid and the fact the the social vacuum that that created um uh, is definitely what like through the through the match onto the gasoline but i guess with that metaphor the thing that spilled the gasoline initially and maybe gave random users said matches um would be the whole Epstein thing. I was thinking about this the other day and like mixed with Pizzagate, which was obviously something it's like some, some weird language in the emails, but clearly not the extent that everyone took it to um, that the conspiracy theorists took it to. But I mean, Epstein is a different story, but one snowballed into the other with, with like zealotry a little bit and a like stream of thought. And, and so my point being once, uh, once Epps, the, the lid was really blown on Epstein and he was probably, he probably didn't kill himself in prison and the whole nine yards. Uh, and people had to like the average, like soccer mom and, you know, it ran everyone for else. three days in the news. The Epstein thing is the one thing I talk about was why did it only run for three days in the news that no one's getting to the bottom to is because nobody wants to talk about a person that had dirt on all of them. Everybody wanted him fucking dead. Every media source, every single person wanted him dead because he had dirt on the main people that are running those things. He may, might not have dirt had dirt on the anchors, but this guy had Chris Tucker flying on flights. This guy had Bill Clinton flying on flights. This guy had Bill Gates flying on flights. This guy was attached to a bunch of different people where it's like Scientology, where me and you can meet Tom Cruise. It's the same thing for anybody that gets to hang out with Epstein. There's a possibility you get to hang out with fucking Megan Fox, maybe. You know, it's it's weird how we don't look into that a little bit more, and we're not seeing the government corruption. For how long has just money been going into these politicians' hands and nobody questions it of why it went missing? Why did Bellasio get $850 million to a mental health fund to help help 
with mental health in his town or his state, and then he just lost it. What do you fucking mean you lost it? Why is nobody raising <laughs> hell about the fact that there's $850 million that's now gone? $11.3 trillion given to the Pentagon that they don't have fucking receipts for. I don't know where it went. What do you mean you don't know where the fuck it went? Where's all this money coming from? Why is my grocery bill $10 more than it used to be because of inflation? Why is that? We have to print more money. Well, stop telling the fucking politicians to lose all my fucking money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally, man. See, and I love talking about space, but yeah, it's a, you know, cherry on top of the first part of the conversation. Like when it comes to the brass tacks, this is the stuff I think about when I'm like, all right, well, how are we going to get there? Well, how are we going to do all this? And I, I, man, I can't see us getting our mental bandwidth as a collective together enough for at least a little while longer that's i'm not sure. trying to keep i always end up diving into the politics shit on an episode but i'm not trying to but god damn it it's like somebody's fucking with my life and i don't have the i don't even have the wherewithal to be able to fucking stop it i don't know what i can possibly that's how do, i feel yeah but i feel yeah. like if i acknowledge that it's happening i understand that a lot of things are not in my control in some aspects if i'm going to be picked up one day and thrown into a fucking van it's probably going to happen there's no way i can stop that your guns aren't going to be able to stop that but the gun thing gives people safety that gun thing gives people a idea that they can protect themselves and protect their family if an intruder comes and the idea that people say well you don't really need a gun because the statistics and all that doesn't matter do you understand it's like when you were a child and your dad gave you a flashlight or your whoever parent gave you some type of thing told you it was a protection from the monsters you felt fucking safe and that's kind of what this thing is. The QAnon shit. Good goal of trying to stop pedophiles from hurting kids. But it was LARPing. It was people like creating pedophiles and attacking people that weren't necessarily pedophiles and all this whole fucking ghost hunt that people entertained. It's manipulation where I just feel like it just needs to come back to critical thinking. I don't know what that definition of critical thinking is. I'm not saying I've mastered it or understood it, but I always like to ask the question of why. And it seems like more than ever, people are running with the narrative than asking the question why. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, people, uh, they find something that sounds interesting. Like, to be honest, I don't think that, uh, I think sometimes people have a hard time distinguishing what sounds, what's like, oh, that's a unique idea. That's interesting uh, between like, that must be true, you know, because they both draw you in immediately. They're both like powerful and kind of punchy. And if you're not if you're not really trying to distinguish between the two or you just because you know let's be honest like there's this is definitely not um any sort of judgment but like there's because this is just basic facts there's a lot of job types that aren't specialized in research and you know like research type things so it doesn't mean that you're not smart or you're not a critical thinker but well, how many There's bot a accounts skill set to researching actually? How many bot accounts are just on there saying trust the science, get the shot, and they're wearing it's just a person in a fucking lab coat. 
there was that giant trend or that giant article that was republished over and over and over again of the lady doing a COVID vaccine commercial, and she was laughing. They had the blooper reel for it. Where it was like she didn't even wow. necessarily believe what she was saying. MSNBC, CNN, these news sources that are distorting perception and realities. All the media fucking does is distort your perception and reality. They took Joe Rogan's original video saying of how he had COVID. He had to cancel his shows, but he get, he listed his treatment that he used. And MSNBC, CNN took his face, took his original video, and added a filter effect to look like he had jaundice in the video. To say he's actually oh, sicker. Wow. Than, and he talks about it. That's where he threatened CNN about suing them as a joke. Now Howard Stern teamed up with CNN and told Joe Rogan and every person that's unvaxxed that they don't deserve a hospital bed and they should die of fucking COVID. What are we talking about here? Where have we yeah, gotten to the point? Insane. Oh, here I go. Huh. Where have we gotten to the point in society where every single person on social media has become a goddamn detective looking for a fucking influencer? Everyone. I know, right? They don't know that person. They don't give a shit. They don't have the degrees or the width or the knowledge to be able to discover crime scene forensic, but everyone's seen a goddamn CSI show where they feel like they can just solve the <laughs> fucking murder. And it doesn't make sense where all you're hearing is speculation. Maybe she's over here. Maybe she's over here. I heard this. I heard this. I heard that. I heard this from a friend who, who knew this friend who fucked Bill Clinton, who fucked Joe Biden, who fucked all the who gives a fuck. What? Where's your evidence? I don't. It's all speculation. Don't speculate <laughs> about the death or the missing case of a person because now you're throwing a monkey wrench and now the reality or the perception of people being able to find this person. There's a good mm -hmm. thing you can do when it comes to this scenario. Retweet, share. Do whatever. That's the most you can possibly do to help people, but people don't want that. People just want to be able to solve it for themselves and get all the credit for it. It's very fucking strange how we're in a society that bases things off of social media more than ever now. It's it's a weird time when world star hip hop is now looked to as an actual news source. It's because now oh, you tell me about it. You've exploited these giant media companies saying that all these Fox News, all these things are just trash and garbage. They're not news anymore. They're entertainment. Or now you've gone to the sites that were initially entertainment like TikTok, and now you're looking at them as fucking news sources where i can see a person dress up in a goddamn scrub outfit that you can get for a dollar at a fucking thrift store and then start saying oh well here's this and then you can get this and you'll kill your cancer bull fucking shit don't suck the mm -hmm. dick of social media it just fucking gets me man that's why i've been trying to stay off of it sorry i had to rant that fucking had a lot on my mind no no it's good stuff man this has been a this, this is continuing to be a fun conversation. Um, and yeah, I've always found that, you know, granted, this is tongue in cheek because I have to use social media too to do my networking and everything else. But I do it for the you know, podcast. Before, right. Before I came out with the dive manual, I was really on it limit. I just had a Facebook and I was, it was limited. And so, I mean, it really, it, it just, it's just part of the hustle to a certain degree. Um, but um, even when you use it begrudgingly, you can feel the programming, try to try to like milk your dopamine and stuff. Like e even when you know it's little tricks, it's like, well, don't you want some of that dopamine from looking at those notifications and seeing validation and, and you just put black mirrors, man, black mirrors with black magic. Like keep that, keep that shit on the DL. Um, well, it's like walking on ice into your brain. Eventually yeah. the ice is going to crack and you're going to be consumed by the black evil or the darkness of the deep waters below, you know, the frigid cold temperatures, which is the social media rush of nobody giving a fuck about who you are. <laughs> yeah.
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, um, you know, P, uh, it, it, it's pretty funny to see people um, get on the bandwagon of saying that, um, uh, you know, cable news and these things and newspapers are, um, are a bunch of contrived bullshit but um and then go into things like facebook and twitter for the truth um it's uh you're definitely still getting programmed and it's i'm not sure how bullshit. it's any better yeah yeah and my uncle who tweets about all this government politic and biden shit is not the fucking master of the universe but in his reality he's bringing good things to the table and you used to be at a Thanksgiving dinner when you would see them once every year, or maybe twice if they enjoy Christmas or they celebrate Christmas. You would see your crazy uncle rant about the political elites. But then somehow a weird shift in society happened where those goddamn people that were ranting about the political elites that we thought were just crazy got some shit right. And now they're like valid sources of information sometimes where you're like how the fuck do you find we're in a weird time where remember alex jones that man's gotten a lot of fucking things right to where you can't really kind of poke a stone at him and a lot of people say it's because he's throwing so much shit to the wall something's bound to stick sure but what about all the things that he's called right where we thought hey that might be crazy now people don't know what the fuck to believe in yeah, I mean, right, agreeing to disagree um, and understanding that people are imperfect. Like Alex Jones really ruined his long-term um, reputation with the whole Sandy Hook debacle. But I will be the first one to admit that he has gotten a lot right throughout the years. Uh, I don't know what the ratios would be. Uh, some people would might argue he's gotten more wrong than right i really don't know but i can at least say that he's gotten plenty right like i've seen enough so yeah you, you i think there's gray areas in life people are uh uncomfortable with the gray areas but sometimes that's all there is well you, you said know? two yeah. and a half years ago on a podcast episode that china owns hollywood and then not even four or five months ago we saw john cena apologize in perfect mandarin for the to the people to in china for recognizing Hong Kong or Taiwan as a country where you start to realize, oh shit, China does own Hollywood. All the movies that do get produced. You now you see John Cena and more things than ever because he made a public apology to the people of China and he did it in their fucking language, which really bolstered in their credit. You start to understand is that there's a lot of things out there where it's not about shutting down the person because they might be labeled a conspiracy theorist, but just understand their thought and perspective. And when things start to lead a certain way, just don't rule things out. I don't rule anything out. I don't rule out the fact that there might be a God or there might not be a God. I don't know, but I like the part that I don't know about it. I think we spend way too much time trying to understand what the answer or what the key is to everything. And we're looking for the answers to progress to the next question or next problem. We can't even focus on the one that we got in the right in the first place. It's pretty fucked when we're in a society where one small brick can fuck it all up. And that's what everything has done. Every single issue is a fucking small brick that just shatters a whole entire glass society instead of built, made, being made of fucking stone like our fucking houses used to be. Absolutely, man. Um, and the, the whole internet, <clears throat> like I know it's tropey to use the term black mirror now, but I will always use it. It's a, it's a great and apt metaphor and um, a show worthy of uh, comparisons being made but i mean for real it's um 
Good Lord, someone is storming through my house, man. I don't know. I don't know if you can hear that in the background. If you can, I apologize. Um, um, but uh, the whole the projection process with the internet um, is definitely um, given people uh, way more. So, like on the on the 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 face of it, it seems like access our fingertips. It is access our fingertips of all this potential, uh, but. Uh, you know, the underbelly of that is it's also uh, like an unfettered, unfiltered, um, unwanted, really, uh, because we were unprepared for it. Um, I guess the biggest word there, it's this, this, uh, this projection process that we are, we're in capability that we're entirely unprepared for. Um, not only has it given us more, you know, access to information, but it's given us more access to the things that we were unaware of about ourselves and other people um, in ways that really challenge our um, like sociological norms and even our like adaptation mechanisms. Because if you think about the way that the, uh, the internet and social media has ramped up and like accelerated communication and like the steps that people go through to build rapport with each other. You, things used to be a lot more elongated uh, time-wise, and there also used to be more data, you know, with body language and these things. And um, and people are having to like jump through all these new hoops that we've never jumped through before. Um, and, you know, there's like, a, I think we're in the process of building up more of an immunity. And I think it's slowly happening, uh, the immunity being built, but, uh, it's definitely uh, slow going and it's been like painfully slow. And, you know, I think one of those like hoops that people are jumping through um, that people are going to be real foolish about in the long run is the whole idea of like, well, I know the truth. So I need to start telling people like I need to get on Facebook and Twitter and I need to wake up the masses. Like I know this I know this truth now. And if I sit with this, like, cause on the face of it, it actually seems it is genuine and it seems altruistic because I get it. I mean, even when I was younger, um, you know, I, I, I dabbled with a shade of this, this is like years and years ago. Um, and, and it's weird to see soccer moms and everybody else go through it. Now I'm like, you people like this is, this is not a good look to have because it looks like, or to you, it looks like, well, I just, I don't want to keep this information to myself because if it's true, then I need to, uh, you know, who am I to keep it? But just be real. Like most people don't want to hear you, you know, it's, it's that old idea of like, don't talk politics and religion in unless it's like the right time and place, because a lot of times, as soon as you start talking about that, the very nature of those things, kind of like, unless you approach it properly, puts you immediately on a pedestal above other people. And, you know, that's the whole thing here. These are like, we're talking about um, condensing social experience and things. And so people with all these things condensed and people coming into new social situations that they've never been a part of like these conspiracy theories and stuff. I think we're seeing people make huge, embarrassingly bad, um, uh, like steps in zealotry 
And again, the proselytization, you know, people thinking like people getting so overwhelmed by their worldview changing that they think like the only way to justify on some level, like their change is to go out and just, just fucking force feed. Like it doesn't matter you know, how many people come to you. And, and then it, if people come to you, I've seen this happen so many times, man, already people will come to you, friends, family, um, and they'll be like, man, why are you talking about this so much? Like, it doesn't even matter if you're right. Just chill out because it's, you know, other people just want to talk about normal stuff with you. Um, and I never really got these arguments, uh, uh, this at me, but I mean, to be perfectly honest, I've had to give this to other people and like, I, it's really not a judgmental thing. I've seen other people give it to other people. There's a whole Reddit uh, about, um, it's like a support group for people who are family members of QA non-believers, you know, and, uh, and it's this support group of people who are like, I don't know what to do. I'm not trying to be an asshole. I don't want to like demoralize them. I just see that like, regardless, I don't think they're right, but regardless of even if they are right, their relationship to these ideas and this zealotry is ruining them psychologically it's like that is the part that's demoralizing them and yeah people on their like on their whole path to wake up the sheeple are um are really wearing their hearts on their sleeve and coming across like way more off kilter than they really think and it's just a bad look and it's and you know it's not just conspiracy theorists the way i see it like the people who are i'm not i'm not anti-vax at all but i'm also not quote unquote pro-vax either like i think it's perfectly reasonable especially if you're taking other well, you precautions can't be that you can't to remain that. skeptical you can't be on that you <laughs> got to pick a fucking side that's what the thing is it's like when you're if you don't have the vaccine you're anti-vax or i think it's so vaccine, okay to stay skeptical though i'm just saying it's not a fucking cure but i guess you can't say that or they'll ban you off the sensors or they'll do whatever they possibly can to make sure that information doesn't get out there i mean this is all common shit that's on their website that you can look up and find but I think everyone has this idea based on the narrative that the stories and the news want you to do all these types of things. Now, it's like climate change. At this point, people stopped giving a fuck about climate change because they kept telling you the world was going to end next year, and it never fucking did. And that's the thing is that when you make it so drastic to make people act because people only act when it's red line, you've now cried wolf so many times that people don't want to believe a single fucking thing that you say. And I think the best thing to help, which I just see this QAnon or whatever these types of people that believe in these realities where they're too scared to move or they're too angry to even talk to people is only going to keep getting worse. And I think that's just the start of separation where it just makes it easier for things to happen without us giving a fuck about. And I look at it like the only answer or fix to that is by just communicating if you talk to these QAnon people and you have an open discussion and understand their thoughts and perspectives and then help them question or talk or all these types of things they express themselves to where they're not angry and they're not so outbursting screaming at somebody's face like these Karens that we see on fucking social media that are just screaming at people to put a fucking mask on these are people that don't talk about these things right, that are see, scared that's the opposite of like a real you know there's people going on like to crazy QAnon extremes and then Again, just to be fair and pick on both sides, like the Karens cry screaming at people for not wearing masks. I look at you as just as psychotically zealous and and trying to just tell like, them, just say, what's my middle yeah. name? And I'll fucking I'll do what exactly what you say. Just tell me what my <laughs> goddamn middle name is. Yeah. That, yeah. For real. For real. 
uh, you know, uh, collective like average Joe America completely lost their minds with the whole Epstein thing. Um, and understandably, really, because I mean, that's what opened up this whole can of worms with people being interested in QAnon, because the one thing you touched on it earlier, the one thing that you can't knock about that whole realm of I, I guess it's technically alt right conspiracy is, um, I mean, sex blackmail in politics especially even american politics definitely a thing definitely in use has been in use for a long time still in use and uh if nothing else if nothing else that is definitely what epstein showed us and that all of this political sex blackmail is definitely tied to hollywood at least in one form or another and um yeah, on the people, government you people fail could up. not handle that and the what? government you fail up if you do something bad and you take the blame for it you actually fail up and get promoted into the government because now you're you're seen as now they got blackmail on top of you and also you're willing to put your life on the line it's kind of like with wikileaks with edward snowden he just didn't have anything to lose which is why he published all this type of stuff where it exposed the government which led into like the social dilemma and all these documentaries that come out that people are now like yeah i know that now it's like yeah but before you would have said that was a conspiracy there same thing with ufos the guy from skinwalker ranch said it best he goes if you have this information you're afraid to get it out because it might ruin your life then give it to someone who has nothing to fucking lose there's and sadly, people don't think about these types of things. People don't try and look at the full answers of stuff because then maybe that person gets the credit and then they get their name published in journals and books and that person loses all. Maybe they were the one that found it in the first place, but now they don't get credit for it. You enter this weird thing where you start to see that the selfishness of people might not be an inherent factor. It might be something that's being produced. And I think the more selfish that we become as people, you start to see the evolution of, and really the evolution being the downgrade of society, which is the fact that communication stops happening. People are too afraid that if they share information or they share a thought or if they share something like that, someone will take it from them and claim it as their own. And I think that's where we lead into what we're kind of going with today. I mean, this Epstein shit is nothing. I mean, it changed a lot of people's mind. But for some people like myself knew this shit was already fucking happening. But then they get labeled as something. And then the information comes out and the people never want to admit they're wrong. They just gloss over it. I've seen this lab thing published on article sites where I've seen people say it's a conspiracy theory. They'll tweet other things on that site, but they'll avoid this one. And I'm like, when are you going to fucking tweet about this? When are you going to talk about this? Or are you just going to keep ignoring it because you don't want to admit that you were fucking wrong? You don't even want to mention that it's even there. Right. Yeah, if you uh, – the plausible deniability in that case, and you can um, try and maintain some semblance of journalistic integrity, but it's not going to work to anyone that's paying attention. Um, but unfortunately, there's not enough people really paying attention, and so a lot of that sidestepping – and plausible deniability just in terms of like well yeah we did know about it but we were covering other things and you know that kind of bullshit um um yeah that'll work on uh too many people unfortunately so i guess if you're trying to be skeevy with your journalistic um output then that's a re that's a good tactic i mean there's journalism is not dead but journalism as we know it is dead um you know the uh the, the standard boilerplate yeah we're all sheep waiting <laughs> for all the sheep. great Even farm the... that's it 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we're all a sheep to something. We're all a slave to something. There's different definitions of what a slave is, sure. There's different terms and societal functions for sure, but we're all addicted to something. We're all it's it's always the same concept. The information that you have that might be 100% this way, you end up finding out something later. I just like playing the long game, waiting for all the shit to fucking come out. I don't fuck I, I I'll say something, but I'm not adhered or stern in my stance of things i like to understand more and more and more and i think that comes from knowing that you're not going to know every goddamn thing out there people want to feel intellectual in a conversation they'll throw in a bunch of large words you'll see that a lot with the ufo community and you'll see that a lot with just people that want to seem like they know everything but then once you really get past that onto the basic empty words that they use you start to realize that either the person's scared or they don't really know the full effect of what they're even saying i mean there are times i'll use a bunch of large words in a conversation sure but i mean i could simply put it as i don't fucking know and i'm not stern in my stance of saying i know everything I don't know everything, and I think the best part about life is the fact that you will never know a goddamn thing close to everything. Yeah, I mean, people have um, a pessimistic view of that. Um, like, oh, I'm not going to know everything, and that concerns them. But in a way, I mean, the pressure's off, right? Um, don't take life too seriously. And uh, same thing with, like, meaning. Like, you know, once you get past the, the boring pleasantries of philosophy and you realize you know some of the deeper nuances like the meaning is um it's not a question of what is the meaning of life it's how do you put the meaning into life and that scares people well it shouldn't because that's a lot of opportunity there you're looking at this all wrong and uh um yeah you really got to change your mindset on that i mean a blank canvas shouldn't give you anxiety that should be ultimate freedom. That's a good thing to end on. <laughs> I noticed your headphones died when you pulled your headphone out of your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just died. And I got a crazy amount. I'm hoping it's not coming up in the background, but I got a crazy amount of noise coming from I'm not the hearing other parts it, but of my house. Okay, cool. We can well, wrap I was a little paranoid. We can wrap it though, man. Where can people find the dive manual and also the hunt manual as well too? The new addition to the Anthony Tyler series of books, not including yeah. the lost works of a novel that he wrote when he was 17 years old. Yeah. I mean, if you want to go find it, uh, there might still be some print copies you could find. It's um, Within This Mortal Coil by Anthony T. Pate. Um, so that's my real last name. I don't, I don't hide my last name. I just, um, Oh, you I, slipped it by me. Been... People are supposed to use their real names on my show. Oh, really? No kidding. Yeah. So you oh. don't say a bunch of crazy shit you don't believe in, but I think you've been honest about a lot of the stuff you say. Yeah. Well, I'm super transparent. I mean, like you can, you could, you could find out my last name pretty easily. I just, um, wanted a pen name, honestly. And, um, um, so I dropped my last name. Uh, but anyway, that's not what I was talking about. So, um, uh, but that book is, yeah, within this mortal coil. Uh, I technically got it published. Um, Robbie and I were talking about it before we started hitting record. So, but uh, I, I was also telling him that's like the prequel to all this stuff to, to my to my writing career. So pre Shakespeare. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not embarrassed at all, but I don't really count it or anything. Um, it was just a warm up. But uh, you could go. Um, 
for the for <laughs> it was the just the tip thing. just the tip <laughs> <laughs> i don't count it it was just the tip yeah pretty much um but yeah divemind.net uh where you can find all my chats and um some excerpts of my book and stuff um you can find the link to purchase dive manual um uh, hunt manual will be coming out by the new year it might come out around halloween um i can be flexible with the release date since it's a self-release so we'll see about that um but it'll definitely be out by the new year at the very latest um because it's definitely round in home plate and i'm super excited about it so yeah um uh, you can find me on Facebook or Twitter. Um, if you want to start a dialogue, I'm pretty open and yeah, you know, uh, support me if you like any stuff I'm doing and I appreciate you listening and definitely thanks for having me on Robbie. We'll, uh, we'll be doing this again for sure. Count on it. Thank you for listening to this episode of out of the blank. And if there's two takeaways you can take away, which is question everything and Hillary Clinton is a reptile.